0: Peace, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Behold Pop Culture, the show where we take a look at some important people, figures, and events from pop culture and try and see what lessons we could take away from them. I'm your host, Messiah, and today we're going to be taking a look at an icon and legend for millions of people around the world who unfortunately, his career was cut short. A man who sought to teach and inspired the youth, but maintained the energy and demeanor of many of his fans, because he was a kid just like them. Today we're going to be talking about former rapper Jared Anthony Higgins, also known as Juice World. I found that the best way we could take a look at what lessons we could take away from him would be breaking it down into three parts. One, his first debut album, Two, his sophomore project and the last album he would leave us. And three, an overlook at the legacy he sought to build. So, if that sounds interesting, let's dive in. Chicago born 19 year old Juice World was in the middle of a gap year, a year removed from high school, when he would release his first project. He had been working hard for a while now, putting out music and trying to develop his sound but would seek out help in order to get global recognition. He claims to have been freestyling and rapping since he was four years old and had developed a passion not just for listening to music, as he would admit to being a fan of many different artists, but he developed a passion for creating music. So Juice World would be developing a sound pretty much all his life. He acknowledged that at one point he wanted to be a baseball player and had been an above-average athlete in both basketball and baseball. But once he became ineligible because of his grades and struggled to focus in class because of a learning disability that he had been diagnosed with, he decided to stop taking it as seriously and devote his attention to building his music. A genuine dedication to making the best possible music he could would lead Juice to developing a trap-influenced sound. Something with elements of future, but at the same time having the crooning sound that Kanye's 808s and Heartbreaks would bring. So, as Juice would get heard more in his city of Chicago, eventually he would grab the attention of former rapper Little Bibby, who heard about him from a radio show and would be the man who got Juice to sign a $3 million record deal and launch his career. Juice World would then be able to link up with Lyrical Lemonade and release his first chart-topping single, All Girls Are the Same. This brought him a lot of recognition from Lyrical Lemonade fans and rap fans in general as they sensed that this had a different energy to it. Not something that had never been brought before, but a sound that most artists at the time in the SoundCloud game would shy away from or try to over-represent. The only artists at the time that were able to nail it in terms of the popular music landscape were Little Uzi and Little Yachty. So Juice would release All Girls Are the Same and later drop the video for Lucid Dreams. And his debut album... Goodbye and Good Riddance would chart number four on the billboard, going platinum and the single lucid dreams eventually accruing over a billion streams. Juice was introduced to a plethora of fame and fortune rather instantaneously after signing his deal. Juice would come with a sound where he strove to create relatability and heartbreak and the abnormality of men sharing their feelings about heartbreak in their music. And he would, in his Breakfast Club interview, say that he believes that in the evolution of man, people should be more willing to share their feelings, that manhood should be associated with being responsible and honest, a path where men would further be able to reveal their emotions when appropriate, but also be a strong figure in the family. He claimed that the reason he made sad music was to touch on emotions that he felt most artists were afraid to touch on, and that made his music more relatable to people that don't want to always listen to music where artists are bragging to them. So with this success would come hatred in his hometown, as he would describe in the same interview, the people around him having a crabs in the bucket mentality. Juice also noted that rappers often underestimate the impact that they can have on mental health issues, especially those that go often untouched in the Black community, particularly in the impoverished neighborhoods of cities like Chicago, where families often encourage the men to conceal any emotional issues that they're facing, rather than seeking ways to express and heal them. So, in his lyrical lemonade interview, he would say that he intended to make music that would serve as a therapy session for people who felt like they needed to vent and express their emotions but couldn't figure out how. So, the lesson that would come from his debut album, Goodbye and Good Riddance, was that emotional expression is therapeutic. Throughout this album, he details heartbreak. He tells the story of a woman who recently tore at the strings of his heart and he struggled with the emotions that were associated with it. So as he would do with all of his songs, he went to the booth, acquired some beats, and just freestyled his emotions. And this freestyling way of making his music would ensure that everything came in a stream, everything came in a flow. So everything that you're hearing is a stream of emotion rather than a handcrafted verse. So when he comes with all girls are the same, he obviously knows that not all girls are the same. But that's the stream of emotion and thought that was hitting him following his experience with heartbreak. When he talks about lean with me, He's not choosing to idolize drugs, but he's simply expressing the emotions he felt when he turned to drug use in response to emotions he was feeling. He wanted to emphasize authenticity rather than glorification of a feeling or a style. He wanted to be relatable. And judging by the commercial success of this album, it would seem that he accomplished this goal. He expressed the emotions of a man who had his heart broken by a woman and is now just looking at the track list, scared of love, feeling like he's at the end of the road, is glad that she's long gone. He's experiencing these emotions that often are overlooked or were overlooked at that time where hip-hop sound pushed a stance where where men had to be emotionless, cold-hearted figures who only cared about getting more money and more women. And he masterfully detailed this battle through his trap sound and would show fans that were seeking a therapeutic experience similar to the goal that Tentacion strove to achieve, a form of expressing it. So any fans going through any heartbreaks, any issues with love could listen to the album zone out, feel like they were connected to other people experiencing the same thing and address emotions that oftentimes aren't addressed. So he would leave that album having let all his emotions out, having left it in the past and going on to find new love which would inspire his sophomore project, Death Race for Love. So we'll seamlessly transition into the second takeaway with this album, Death Race for Love. Coming into this album, Juice's status grew exponentially. He unfortunately had lost a lot of friends who felt entitled to his success, and he would learn the lesson of being smart with who you keep around you, but he would also be striving to maintain his true self, hoping that he would never lose himself with the gain of money and fortune and the joys and roller coaster experiences that come along with it. He was now able to be around a lot of the people who influenced him, a lot of these artists, and with some even being able to form projects with them or make songs with them. So he would come into Death Race for Love having met a new woman, a woman who he felt he really was in love with. He had been through heartbreak so many times in his life and learned from each time and now would be able to truly sense if someone was good for him or not. So he met this new woman and she made him feel a way that he would describe as an infinite honeymoon. Oftentimes in a relationship there's a phase where that love peaks and then it starts to level off and the relationship begins to be tested and that's where you find out if you truly love someone. But he described the feelings he was having with this new person as an infinite honeymoon, as a honeymoon feeling that never stopped. And this feeling would inspire him to... Go from making an album about heartbreak and pain to an album about doing everything that he could to maintain this love. And with an album cover inspired by the video game Twisted Metal, he would describe a death race to maintaining this relationship. And the best way to express this would be, as he had before, with no confidentiality in his music. Every lyric and emotion would be true to Juice. As he would now be interviewed more and make more songs that would somehow be leaked, he would also express to us that if it wasn't readily apparent in his last album, the drugs that he uses both to cope and to inspire his creative process were a gift and a curse. He described a fine line between between you consuming drugs and drugs consuming you. So he would be thankful for what it created for him. But he himself in his lyrical lemonade interview would say he would advise his younger self to stay as far away as possible from drugs. In addition to staying grounded with his family and never giving up. Since becoming successful, the only thing he would credit his success changing in his life would be being able to use a studio whenever he wanted. Everything else, he strove to maintain balance and tranquility in his life. And this conscious awareness of what he wanted would allow him in this same interview to clearly define success as waking up every day, being able to do whatever he wants comfortably with his family taken care of. So death race for love would be a man who now found love after being heartbroken and wants to do everything in his power to maintain this love. That would be his peace, his tranquility, his balance in his life. That's now constantly going for a loop, constantly changing with new experiences and thoughts coming at him fast. He needed this person, along with the rest of his family, but specifically this newfound person, to keep him balanced and in check. So Death race for Love, rather than being a story, it's the expression of all the emotions that this new woman makes him feel. From feeling like she's the glue that will keep him together no matter what, to expressing dark emotions of thinking that everything would be lost his life would be ruined if this person ever left him. So we hear a man in love about half the time and a man who fears losing this love the other half of the time. And that makes it a death race. Constant twists and turns, feeling like his life is at risk but trying to make it to the end of the race because he believes that this love is worth everything. So the lesson that came out of this new juice would be that the greatest trait a person can have, that anyone can acquire, is knowledge of self. Despite his battle with drug addiction and heartbreak, his constant awareness of his mental state And what needed to be done to heal it, rather than conceal it, kept him on the right path. And it allowed him to always authentically express his emotions in his music. Though he would honestly disclose his abundant drug use, it was never attached with an intention to promote it. And oftentimes, both in his music and interviews, he would disparage drug use. From the perspective of someone who has survived and is continuously battling the hardships that come with drug abuse. So he strove to simultaneously create a home and relationship for people battling drug addiction while advising against his fans following the same path. And again, for the second time now, Ju shows his love for everyone who upholds him his fans, his family. Everyone who matters to him. And this would lead us, unfortunately, to my last points surrounding Juice World's legacy. With the passing of Jared Juice World, as many people before him, as many legends before him proved, your legacy doesn't survive necessarily by you living on, but by the people who you touched living on and continuing to uphold that feeling. So with Juice's unfortunate passing to what's credited of being an overdose, Juice really never actually left us. The emotions that he made his fans feel still lived on. So when all these artists went on tour and would play his songs and give their words of love to him and his family, the emotions would be there in these arenas, in these concerts, in these tours. And this is only further proven by his album now being on track to sell 500,000 units. He's not here with us, but his spirit is. So in closing, I chose to end with the third point of his legacy Noting specific messages that he wanted to deliver to his fans. So I will do my best to reiterate them and credit where I got them from. So in his No Jumper interview, one of his longest interviews that he's done, he spoke what I believe to be most honestly with a friend of his, Adam-22. Juice accredits his drug use to the music he heard. He believed that the representation he had of drugs was a realistic point of view. A person who uses drugs and doesn't want to hide the fact that he uses drugs, but he wanted to be completely honest about how it impacted him and how it can impact you. Oftentimes, celebrities aren't treated like human beings because they have a platform, but all he asked of his fans was to respect him and understand his story, understand the emotions that he wanted to express. And as music had an intoxicating effect on his fans, he, like his fans, was once a fan as well. Music had an intoxicating effect on him from Future to Kanye West to Chance the Rapper to G Herbo, who he would work closely with. As he was nearing his last days, he would push the messages that he had learned from his experiences within the industry, the lessons he learned from the people that were now around him. He spoke of investing, of creating a dynasty for his family, but also noting that money is meant to be spent because you can't take it with you when you die. So once you set aside the money for your legacy, for your children, for your children's children, being able to enjoy what you've worked so hard for. He also felt that though the financial stability he gained from fame and success was welcomed, he had gained more from the opportunities that it created for him to develop both mentally and spiritually. This would come from being around so many powerful people in the industry. And he always emphasized having a dream, learning what success will be for you, and striving to be the best at what you do. Which is why so many fans fell in love with his theme of taking the hell he was going through, represented by the 666, and trying to flip it into something positive, represented by the 999. It's only fair that I ended out with specifically the quote that he wanted to leave for the youth when asked in his Montreality interview. His message to the youth was, Be strong no matter what you're going through. Seek help if you need help. Surround yourself with people that will help and listen to you. Find something you like doing for the rest of your life, even if it seems impossible. Chip away at your goal until you get to it. When you're a thinker, you look for answers that you likely won't be able to get. But in the end, life is about truly finding yourself. So Juice, the man who topped all the charts, famous freestyles, had been a popular personality, but also represented an openly broken man striving to fix himself led with love, and all his music success wouldn't be from chasing a single or chasing the popular sound. It would be from going in the booth and having the rare talent of being able to express his emotions authentically, which explains how he was able to freestyle all of his albums. It's clear you could hear on the albums him Having moments where he's like, oh, I messed this up, or keep that, keep that. All of these random sounds that would come with him freestyling the album. And only a man who's giving 100% authenticity, in my opinion, could finish a project in three days. Three days it took him to make Death Race for Love and have almost, if not every single song chart and feel real. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and took some lessons away from it. Rest in peace to Juice World. I hope that his family is doing well. And I'm thankful for the lessons that he left us with. I hope that you can be too. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow the podcast, subscribe to it. Leave a review, leave a rating. And just share it with anyone else that you think could take something away from it. As always, let me know any ways that you think I can improve it. Because I'm always seeking ways to improve myself. And I'll talk to you next time. Peace out.